the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. Love hanging with these guys. They are legends. David Bryant and uh, Nathan there. Hard for Africa. How you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, legends in our own minds. <laughs> I appreciate that intro. You, you, got it. you said it exactly as we wrote it. <laughs> hey, David, last time we uh, talked to Nathan, I'm not sure. I think you were, you were busy uh, on a project or something, and we found out that he, <laughs> quote, Dan says, quote, yeah. uh, well, that's what Nathan said back then. He said, you were busy. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Throw him, throw him under the bus. Nathan yeah. is a, uh, what would you say, a movie guru, a movie, yeah. what would you call him? Someone with too much time on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is what we're asking every guest. We'll start off with Nathan since he is a legendary movie guru. Then we'll toss it to David. Your favorite Christmas movie. Go. I mean, I'm a classic cartoon Grinch, man. Easy. That's an easy one. The classic cartoon one. Not the, uh, not the Jim Carrey one. I'm a big Jim Carrey fan, but yeah. it's the, the Earl Ravencroft Grinch. Yes. One. Yeah. That is a that is a classic. All right, favorite Christmas song? Go. Oh, the uh, the platters, uh, White Christmas. The oh, that is a good one. Yeah, Dan knows that. Yeah, yeah the one was on Home Alone. Yep, That's why most people know it. Yeah, I think they may have used that on You've Got Mail as well. That movie was out before you were born, Nathan. But uh, that's a whole other. <laughs> But that means I watch it. Remember, I don't watch movies that were made after 1999. Yeah. That's true. That's true. David, movie, favorite, Christmas, go. Um, my favorite Christmas movie is going to be Die Hard. Can we have a, can we have a debate about whether Die Hard is a Christmas uh, movie? There we go. It is a there Christmas we movie. We've had several people that said Die Hard. So. I don't get it. My, my favorite Christmas movie is, uh, is Christmas Vacation. And my favorite Christmas song yes. is uh, White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Christmas right, yeah. Vacation is one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, man. Every year. Come on. You got to yeah. watch it. Yes. You know, there's this thing about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. And I realized the other day that Lethal Weapon is also a Christmas movie if we're using those, if we're using that criteria. You have so, a point. Yeah. So if we're going to do this. Now we can just move the debate to the next uh, excellent action movie from before mm. I was born. Lethal Weapon. Seems like, seems like so much, so much more interesting topic. So I yeah. Like, I like yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. I think that's a cult. This whole uh, Lethal Weapon is. I mean, a Die Hard is. Die Hard, yeah. Movie. I think it's a cult. Anyway, I love these guys, and we want to catch up with you just a bit. Want to talk about what's going on? Of course, uh, Heart for Africa, saving uh, a nation one child at a time, uh, giving hope to the orphans there in Eswatini. Uh, I think we've had you guys on maybe three, four times. So uh, your family. So let's talk about what's going on. Well, what's up for Christmas uh, for the the orphans? Do they celebrate like we do? Obviously, they don't have the you know the uh, the resources that we have or the you know the blessings. But how are they how are they uh, experiencing Christmas this year? Well, our, our children actually, um, each of them receive a brand new set of Christmas pajamas or, or pajamas, I should say, each year. 
And so that's one of the ways that they celebrate Christmas is we do decorate all of our children's homes. There, there, there's a tree, there's, there's tree trimmings. Um, the kids participate in decorating that tree and there's certainly worship services. There's a Christmas pageant where our kids kind of act out um, the Christmas story or elements of the Christmas story. And so as a matter of fact, um, we just got our newest baby uh, about a week ago who was just five days old uh, when we received her. Her name is Jacqueline. And so we now have 275 children living with us all under the age of 10. So, Wow. And, I, and I'll add to that that usually when we take trips uh, to Estatini in November, uh, early December, it's very Christmas themed. So we're doing a lot of the stuff that David just described. We hang ornaments on the trees with the kids and stuff like that. And we do um, cookie frosting, which I know Rick would be all about that. But we mm-hmm. make cookies and then frost them up. And so the kids will still be doing that um, even without us down there. So I think one critical, one critical difference, too, is we don't we don't teach our children about Santa Claus in Eswatini or at Project Canaan. We, we obviously talk about Christ's arrival on Earth and what that signified to to us as mankind um, and certainly, you know, celebrate Christmas in a lot of the traditional ways that we do here, but there is no, there's no Santa Claus in Eswatini. And probably no white Christmases in Eswatini either, I would imagine. <laughs> not, certainly not now. I think uh, the last few days, well, the last couple of months, they're in the middle of their, of their rainy season. So it's actually very, very humid, hot, um, mm. not a white Christmas at all. Yeah. That, oh, well. <laughs> it's more it's more like where you are right now down there yeah, yeah, well, which is is not bad i wish i was actually there but uh um so what does it mean to them you know when they get these presents and and like you said you don't tell them about santa claus but it, it is all about christ and his coming and the gift that god gave us uh what does it mean to them do they understand what's going on with christmas time I think certainly, obviously, it's an age-appropriate discussion, right? And so I think one of the things that we've experienced a lot of joy with, especially this year, as some of our children are getting older, you know, we've got six, seven, eight, nine-year-old children. They really are coming to grips with what does it mean to follow Christ? What does it mean to have a relationship with Him? What does His birth mean? And what does living like Him or following Him mean? And so we've had several children come to faith in Christ this year. We've been able to celebrate that with with baptisms. And so they're learning on an ongoing basis. We have people, Nathan and I both have people all the time who say, well, how, how do you share Jesus at Project Canaan? Or what, what is it that goes on? And, and we always say that it's kind of baked into what we do every single day, because whether it's learning scripture, whether it's learning about Jesus in school, whether it's uh, serving in the community or serving one another, whether it's caring for one another, everything that we do is really built on a foundation of this is something that, that we've been instructed to do. We were taught to do by both his instruction and example and behavior. Um, And so something that, you know, that they do. And so certainly the Christmas, the time of celebration, the time of gifts, I mean, every kid loves tearing open a a present. Mm. And so that's certainly enjoyable, but the time um, spent with each other, the time spent, celebrating that season, you know, Christ is very much the center of, of, of all that we do there, but most especially at this time, which signifies, of course, his arrival upon earth. Yeah. David and Nathan from Heart for Africa, you can go to heartforafrica.org uh, to find out more. So you just mentioned uh, the specific number, I can't remember, it was 200 and some orphans 25. now. 
225. And you just got one, a baby, um, how many what, days ago? Uh, less, than, less than a week ago. Mm-hmm. Less than a week ago. So, uh, and I think we talked before about expansion. I mean, with uh, the kids, the babies coming in, you need more room, you need you know, more finances, you need more help. How, how are we doing as far as ending up here in 2020 and looking ahead to 2021? We've, you know, we had a, a real mind or kind of a real paradigm shift very early in the year when, when the pandemic struck and everything began to lock down. We really focused on sharing hope and we have stuck to that theme throughout the year. And we received a baby probably back in July or August um, whose name was Favor. And her her Swazi name was Usapile, which means Usapile Favor means the Lord has given us favor. It literally means the Lord has given us favor. Wow. And and our our co-founder, our CEO, Janine Maxwell, wrote at the time that it really caused her and then organizationally caused the shift of this really is a year of favor. This really is an opportunity for us to our kids have never been healthier, um, that even though schools have been shut down there for the vast majority of the year, our children are thriving because of tutoring and they're reading at higher levels. They're they're learning at some of the uh, the best uh, levels they ever have been. And so, you know, there's been a lot of opportunities there. And from a financial perspective, you know, we certainly have had challenges like other organizations have had, but um, our child sponsorship programs are strong. We're really focused on year end giving. And part of the challenge for year end giving is we know that because of the lockdown and because children haven't been in school, there's been a real increase in teenage pregnancy in Eswatini because kids are not in school and because girls are essentially trading themselves for food because they don't have access to the meal that they typically would get at school. So we're, we're bracing for a big increase in abandoned children, abandoned babies and, and, and other issues next year. So our real focus here at year end is that while God has continued to be good throughout the year, we're hoping that his people will continue to respond and, and give generously at year end to make sure that we're able to keep saying yes to babies in need of a safe and loving home. Nathan, and, how can folks do that? Yeah, so there's multiple ways to do that. Um, you can check out the website, hardforafrica.org, and read about our kids there. You can always contact me, Nathan, at hardforafrica.org. Um, or through the pages there and, and find out more about that. But just to piggyback um, on what David said, we on average get a new child every 11 days. Mm-hmm. And in the next few years, we're going to triple our, our, um, uh, our capacity and, and our um, population of, of kids. So we're in the process of building a new, a new dorm here, a new housing unit and the middle school. And it's, there's always constant projects going on. So um, you know, as David said, our youngest kid's under 10 years old, and we're going to have them until at least they're 18. So, um, you know, you can do the math there on on the on how far out we're looking with that project. But, um, you know, Heart, Heart for Africa, we're, we're in the community as much as we can here in um, the Atlanta area. We were just at North Point's uh, Christmas market last week, talking to folks there and selling Kutsala items. So, Again, just check the Facebook, check the website, um, reach out and contact me for more questions. But it's um, there's an entire section on the Heart for Africa website about child sponsorship and Hope Starts. Is there any way to gauge when you think you'll be back to visit? Uh, I know things have been in lockdown. Not sure what's going on there. Let's say in a perfect world, you go, I don't know, in the spring. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> what would we, be? Go ahead. 
we um, we actually have started taking registrations for our July trip. Okay. Um, South African borders are open. We typically will fly through Johannesburg and then travel on to Eswatini. But but Nathan was chuckling because we all are. Um, I think eager is probably an understatement to make Project Canaan. Um, but we right now we're planning for our first trip, first group trip to be July of next year. And obviously our hope, like so many other people listening, is that uh, the pandemic will have waned, that vaccinations will have begun to take hold and that we will all be in a much different place uh, in the summer of 2021. And and I will add to that as well, that we are very intentional and uh, specific about our communications with our folks that are considering trips to say we are every day we're down there working on safety protocols. I mean, we have 275 kids there. So obviously throughout this entire pandemic, we've been very, very, you know, careful with our kids and we've had safety checks and we've um, shifted construction schedules to keep the construction crews away from our kids, you know, mm-hmm. as far as um, during the day and that. So as, as I do tell people that reach out about trips, we are, we will not put you in a situation where you're unsafe. As David said, we have, we have, two or three countries that were involved, you know, that you go through to get there. So we have to follow all those guidelines. Um, and if you do purchase a trip or you make a payment toward your trip and you end up not being able to go even by your own decision, not necessarily because of COVID, we can keep that. Um, or I should say not necessarily because COVID cancels the trip, but you can keep that money and put it toward a future trip. Mm-hmm. Love that. If you'd like to find out more or even sign up for the trip, hardforafrica.org. We've got to take a break here in a second. Uh, real quick, uh, personal uh, for you guys, uh, traditions this year. What are you going to do this year? You have traditions, you and your family. David? Uh, my, my family has traditionally celebrated Christmas around Christmas Eve. Um, so we always gather with my dad um, on Christmas Eve. Used to be dad and mom, but now dad and my, my children and I will be there we typically do kind of a late afternoon celebration with one another, opening presents, and we uh, will share in a Christmas Eve communion service. And so that's how we like to kind of reflect on that on that Christmas Eve time and then, you know, just a Christmas Day dinner. So that's what we do. Nathan? Wow, Dave. I mean, I love David's. That's very traditional. Mine's more modern traditional. David's for Christmas. I know. Well, David does have to do communion more than I do, you know. But um, <laughs> I, my uh, my Christmas is more modern traditional. My parents are split, so I get two Christmases: Christmas Eve, <laughs> Christmas Eve with mom and Christmas Day with dad. But um, I, I mean, usually my mom and I like to go somewhere for Christmas. But obviously, yeah. um, this year will be will be Thanks, COVID. Well, you guys, you guys are a huge blessing. Uh, we appreciate you. We look forward to talking to you, seeing you again in twenty twenty one. We want folks to go to Heart uh, for Africa. Dot org and maybe David will get his first tattoo for Christmas. Okay, maybe his hundredth tattoo. <laughs> what we all have Christmas dreams, my friend. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. 